Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to welcome back. another episode. What we're we doing? Young tonight. So today we are talking. Well, I wanted to talk about a couple things. There's a couple of topics that I wanted to cover in today's episode. So mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about the importance of healthy friendships first. And I thought we could jump straight in with Oh, right in today? No no life update? Okay, guys, here's the life update. <laughs> it's too hot. And I know we've said it. I know we've said it every single episode for the last three weeks. It is hot. I hate we, it. We said it like last episode, but it wasn't even like that hot. It wasn't like, the it was, peak. It, it was about 27 it degrees. It was about 27 degrees last episode. And it's been about 40 the last couple of days. I'm fading away. Yeah. I, you think I, you've got long COVID, right? Yeah, I think I've got long COVID because, like, since I had COVID, like, a few months ago, I think it was, like, November, I've just been getting, like, these headaches and this kind of, like, lack of energy, and I'm just completely wiped out, and I never really know why, and it's so frustrating because, like, I want to be able to enjoy things and hang out with friends and do all that stuff, I just don't have the energy, so it just makes me feel like shit. Yeah, that's understandable. I think the good thing is, though, some people long COVID only lasts a few weeks, but then other people it lasts months to years. Yeah. So, yeah, enjoy. Yeah, it's great. And it's like, all the, like I just went to the doctors and he was like, well, you know, it's nothing to worry about. I've had blood tests done and stuff and they're all fine. And then he was like, you just need to like hang out with friends more and do more exercise. And I was like, I mean the exercise thing is true but I think you exercise don't you and I go on hikes like every other day if the weather's permitting like it's I and that raises my heart rate like he was like but what exercise do you do that raises your heart rate I was like hikes raise my heart rate like I'm not just like wandering along like I'm fucking walking like also I really don't know what making friends has got to do with having headaches exactly exactly like if anything when I hang out with a bunch of friends I get more drained and that makes me ill yeah so it's got nothing to do with friends it's just frustrating because I feel like a lot of people experience this like I know quite a few people our age who have the same symptoms as me and are just not listened to by doctors like just a constant feeling like lack of energy, headaches, and just feeling sick all the time. And, you know, it's really serious and it's like kind of debilitating. Like we can't really do anything, but the doctors just don't listen when we talk to them. It's just really frustrating. Yeah, I could imagine. So I've redecorated. I kind of, when I got back from all my holidays, I was just kind of a bit sad that my space wasn't as nice as the world. So. <laughs> I spent a lot of time redecorating with my parents and my room is lovely now. Did you it's paint like, the walls? Yeah, but they're still white. Okay. I like white walls because it keeps the room cool and it's also like a blank canvas for anything I want to do. Totally. That's so cool. I love redecorating. My room, like I painted my room before we Oh, it's so around. hard though because I had so much shit in my room which is like just gone i think in total there was about 15 like proper black bin bags full of shit that oh got my thrown god out. so you like a proper clear out at the same like time. a proper like complete rehaul of the whole room nice i love I that have, i don't have any trash in here anymore it's all like only useful things exclusively 
I think it's so important to have like a clear space. Yeah, to create. Definitely. Totally. Why don't you get started then on the first topic? Okay, so the importance of friendships. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about this, but then I also wanted to talk about the importance of alone time to kind of balance it out. Personally, I need a lot of time to recharge after hanging out with people, even if it's just my family or friends. Being alone is like, and having a space that I find comfortable to be alone is these could be the most important thing to me because like I said at the moment I'm not feeling very well just in general and without this kind of personal space I have and this alone time I have I would not have the energy to do absolutely anything like anything at all so being alone I just am able to create my own kind of happiness without a reliance on anyone else but then at the same time I do definitely need the friendships I have in my life I think everyone does because otherwise you'd just be like really I think things can get really lonely at the same time like as well as how good being alone can be you also need to balance it out with having good sturdy friendships around you whether that be one or two friends or like a big group of friends you see every now and then like I definitely think there needs to be a balance. What about you, Maya? I don't really feel that for some reason. I, there's not a lot of like opportunities in my life right now that I get to be completely alone. Because even if I'm not in the same room as someone, I could be on a call with a business partner or someone texting me, asking me questions about something. like. Yeah. There's not really any opportunity in my life which is completely silent of people. But I actually don't have a problem with that. I feel more connected and more happy when I'm speaking to people. And while it is draining sometimes, I appreciate those people still. Yeah, I agree 100%. Do you not like have any kind of things you do on your own that you enjoy or maybe prefer than things you do with other people like activities thing is though it is literally constant because if I'm out walking which is something I do every day I often get text messages which I need to respond to urgently or if I'm like I mean the only thing which I get like a hundred percent personal space for is when I'm reading because I intentionally put my phone in a different room while I'm reading just so I can have zero interruptions yeah yeah I can wow I mean I go on walks and all that kind of stuff but when I do that I definitely disconnect from my phone like it'll be in my pocket I'll maybe be listening to music or something but I just like fully try and disconnect from everyone because I think it's so important to have that kind of downtime yeah I agree but it is just literally a constant flow that I can't stop it's like a fucking hose pipe yeah and I guess you are so kind of I'm busy I'm busy there's a lot going on yeah so it can be harder to kind of just shut it all off and take but I don't mind because like I feel like the times which I'm I speak to no one are more lonely than the times yeah yeah I think when I'm speaking to no one that's feels more lonely in my opinion which is why I intentionally seek those things out as almost a distraction no not as a distraction because my life is great I don't need to distract myself from it yeah you just prefer to be around people yeah 
That's interesting because I wouldn't have seen you. I you you think that. that I'm an introvert, which I <laughs> find quite entertaining. I mean, I just don't like. I don't really know many of your friends either because they're more like you have lots of friends in different countries and all that kind of stuff. So, and I also just have a lot of friends in my life outside of school in general. Like I, you don't interact with my circles and I don't really interact with yours. Yeah. So I don't really see, but you know that I'm an introvert. So that would make sense. Yes, that would make sense. My circle of friends. I also wanted to talk about, I listened to Emma Chamberlain's podcast like religiously and recently she did an episode on female friendships and the complexity. You should have told me to listen to that one because I was like, female friendship? That sounds boring. I'm not going to listen to that. (laughs) I mean, I think it's interesting how she can talk by herself for about 40 minutes of something like so. Emma, Emma, if you're listening, we appreciate you. Emma Slay. But yeah, she talked about the complexities of female friendships and kind of the, she talked a lot about the competition that women feel with each other in friendships. And she talked a lot about times where, you know, she's been friends with someone and something really good has happened to her and her friends not been happy for her or just kind of put her down or, you know, because there's that constant feeling of competition. And what I feel like Emma couldn't quite grasp was the effects of, the patriarchy and misogyny on female friendships because I think the reason women are so competitive with each other whether it's about looks or whether it's about like successes or how smart you are or personality the reason why deep down we're all so competitive about those things is because of internalized misogyny that we need to impress men and if your friend is you know impressing men more than you because she's prettier or she's this or she's that then you know that could explain why you're not happy for her when she has success or any of that kind of stuff and I think that's what she couldn't quite she was kind of I was just really wanting her to kind of be like it's because of the patriarchy but she couldn't quite figure out why women are so competitive with each other in friendships and I think that's why female friendships can be so like complex and difficult sometimes because that's what everyone questions right like why female friendships are so different to male friendships and I think that's why thing is I don't really understand that aspect and I think that's mostly because I personally move in a lot of queer circles like if you look at a pie chart of my friends I don't think I'm friends with any cishats honestly like for real wow which is an impressive thing to say yeah but maybe that makes it different for me because i don't really notice that aspect of competition even with both cis girls and trans girls yeah i mean i think i've definitely had friendships with other girls and it's just been confusing because you're you know you're have something really amazing happen to you and then all of a sudden they'll kind of push it down but it's not an identifiable like really clear thing that's happening you can't be like wow you weren't happy for me when that happened to me were you like it's not as clear as that it's more kind of subtle and it's just slowly bringing each other down and I think that is just because of internalized misogyny and like it's the same with 
the beauty standard and you know how women who are aging always want to look younger and all these things because they think it makes them prettier but that's not like that doesn't define beauty that just defines it's like it's natural and it defines what men think is beautiful you know and I think Mm. all of those things are so deeply rooted in us that it's hard to identify when it's happening and when it's not and when it's a genuine opinion that you have like or whether it's something that you've just kind of been programmed to say or think because you feel in in competition with your friend and you know I'll talk to my brother's 13 about some struggles I'm having with a friend of mine who's a girl and all these complexities and stuff and he'll be like if that was my friend I'd just tell them this and it'll be all right you know and I just think that's because yeah. they don't like it's because of men like i i know what i'm trying to say and i hope it is coming across but i feel like that's what yeah emma was kind of really nearly there but she was just confused as to why women are in competition with each other in friendships and i think mm. that is why personally yeah that's a really interesting aspect yeah so following on from that i wanted to talk about some toxic traits that I've experienced in friendships and Maya has experienced in friendships, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 all too well. (laughs) And this doesn't have to be friendships, it's also relationships, but Mm -hmm. I feel like friendships aren't as talked about in the media as relationships are. So, okay, so in relationships, I think micromanaging is more common than in friendships like I haven't met someone who tries to micromanage me in a friendship but I know people who are micromanaged in relationships what do you mean by that though what does micromanaging in a relationship look like well I've heard of extreme cases and I've heard of less extreme cases so micromanaging is like when usually the man tries to manage every single thing in their partner's life oh that's disgusting yeah so that's that's not even just that's not even micromanagement that's just manipulation at that point yeah it's so terrible like you know managing who comes over to the house who eats out of the fridge how much money you spend what you buy all those kind of different things how much you spend on taxes how much you spend on petrol all those tiny little things, they will manage it and then maybe punish you for not, for spending too much money or That's just disgusting. And that's why I always, I'm always going to say this to everyone listening. Here's a really important piece of advice. Have your own bank account that no one else can access. Even if you get married to the love of your life, do not merge your bank accounts into one. Have at least one which is your own. That is really important because money is the only thing in your life that which literally controls everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But it's also, micromanaging can happen whether they have access to your bank account or not. Like if you're- I know, but if they, for example, if they have access to your account and then you try to leave them, they could siphon off your wages and that makes that hard for you to actually escape that relationship. Yeah, I mean, it's so kind of like- strange how you know you can get married to someone and then you'll share a bank account I think it's cool if you have one bank account for yourself and then a shared bank account and then your partner has if you if you're sharing a house I can understand a joint bank account because you need to pay joint things like water bills rent electricity like that makes sense yeah but yeah I mean like 
you know you can be with someone and they'll manipulate you to the point where you think that this is like what they should be doing or maybe you'll find it a bit annoying but you know it's the love of your life so you know you'll let them do it they'll just like demand to see how much you spent on this how much you spent on that even if it's not their money that you're spending it's your own Mm -hmm. money it's just crazy micromanaging it's it's really bad it's really bad but i've never experienced it in friendships or anything i don't know about you i think i've experienced it in a friendship i do used to have friends which were a bit like intrusive as to what i'm doing but i don't think that's on the same level yeah i mean i've definitely witnessed it you know managing who you hang out with who your friends are that kind of stuff can also come under micromanaging and i think that's probably more common in friendships like when i was probably year nine or something um i had like i think friendships were a lot kind of more jealousy and protective and that kind of stuff like my friends would be annoyed if I hung out with this person or if I, you know, didn't spend as much time with them as I did with that person, you know, that kind of stuff. They didn't like who I was friends with and that for some reason affected them. But I also think that comes under like level of maturity as well. But yeah, that can also come under micromanaging. But then that kind of leads on to manipulation where, you know, someone would make you, for example someone would make me feel bad for hanging out with someone else or being friends with someone else because I wasn't spending that time with them that kind of stuff yeah definitely experienced manipulation in friendships what about you I haven't experienced manipulation per se in relationships but I have been in situations where someone has tried to make me do something like almost like a blackmail like I have this therefore you must do this that has happened before so I've been in situations where people have been like I know this I know about this and if you don't do x y and z I'm going to tell everyone and that is like awful because that is a way of manipulating and it is pretty bad and it's one of the worst yeah that's scary I think blackmail is just like terrifying like I think if a friendship gets to the point of blackmail that's like wow what is going on but yeah I think manipulation it's so hard to spot manipulation sometimes as well like you know sometimes you could even just be standing up for yourself and standing up for like you know if your friend is being a bit shitty with you standing up for your basic like humanly respect and just saying you're treating me like shit they can almost twist it and make you feel bad for calling them out And I think that's just the worst because then you're in a difficult situation where you can't really leave. And I think manipulation is the one that is the scariest because it makes it so difficult to leave a toxic friendship or relationship. Yeah, I totally agree. And gaslighting. Okay, you're going to need to explain to me in better detail what gaslighting is. Okay, do you know what? I was just going to ask you the same thing. Because gaslighting gets thrown around so much. And I just never... I know roughly what it means, but I think it is a form of manipulation. It's kind of what manipulation slash blackmail is. Okay, I know what... Okay, I know what gaslighting is. Trying to get someone else to question their own reality, memory, or perception. So, did you write that down? No, I googled it. 
So, so it's like manipulation, but you're literally driving them to the insanity point by going yeah. like, you didn't see that. What are you talking about? No one saw that. You're exactly. just imagining things. Exactly. Or like, you're crazy. Like, stop acting crazy. You're being so dramatic. All that kind of stuff. So yeah, like, it's not that important. You need to stop fucking caring about it. Yeah, if you say to someone like, why the fuck did you call me a fat bitch? And then they'll be like, I never said that. Like, are you okay? Are you crazy? Like, are you feeling all right? All that kind of shit is gaslighting. It's just making you question what you know to be true. I don't really understand why it's thrown around a lot now. Like, you see people talking about it all the time. Yeah, like, I don't... I don't think it happens that often with, like, because I definitely haven't experienced gaslighting to my knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I've experienced gaslighting. I think any words, like, I try and avoid some vocabulary when I'm talking to people, even if they are, like, so I avoid sensitive, I avoid dramatic, um, I avoid crazy, all those kind of words. Yeah, I've been asked to stop saying crazy, so I did. Yeah, I don't say to people or I, I don't describe people as that I never tell someone they're sensitive anymore just because you can't do that with people if they're feeling something so genuine you can't go and then call them sensitive like that's just not it's not fair and it's also just really triggering because you're just completely invalidating someone's feelings so yeah. all that kind of vocabulary I try to avoid so that I never come across as gaslighting someone or I never accidentally gaslight someone all that kind of stuff but I know people do and I think those three words are just so triggering like if anyone called me sensitive dramatic or crazy I'd be like don't ever do not come near me you weirdo <laughs> don't ever talk to me again just because, I just think they're just awful words to describe someone as or say to someone mm -hmm. but yeah I know why it's thrown around so much like because it is quite a, I guess, like... It's the worst form of manipulation. Yeah. It's like saying that you hate someone. Like, it's an extreme feeling. Hate is an extreme feeling. And I think that gaslighting is an extreme form of manipulation. Yeah. And I think because it is so, like, it is so damaging, but it's also hard to identify again. Like, if you're with someone you love, and then they're telling you you know they tell you one time that you're being dramatic when you say like why did you sleep with someone else <laughs> then like you know you'll sit there and feel like you'll sit there and feel like shit for ages and like not really be able to identify why and it is because they've just like completely invalidated you and I think it's important for people to be more aware of these toxic traits because they are so hard to identify sometimes and they can just leave you in a really horrible kind of brewing like feeling but you can't really put your finger on why yeah because they are so yeah like hard to identify i think that i've one of the main reasons that i'm aware of all these kind of toxic traits and their effects is because of social media if i didn't have like social media during these friendships where i experienced these things then I would be struggling so much more to figure out what was wrong with my friendship. Like, you know, all the little posts that are like, this is what gaslighting means, this is what manipulation means, and then giving examples and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's one reason why I feel like the internet's great. Yeah. Because it's so, like, educational. 
on those kind of topics. Yeah, definitely. And I think we touched on it in the trans episode that the internet is so enlightening to people and gives you a better view of literally the whole world. Yeah, definitely. But some people won't be consuming that kind of media and they won't. It just sucks because it's like, it's something that people won't be able to figure out sometimes and they'll just feel like shit and they won't know why. But then I also think that sometimes it's hard to identify in yourself, like when you're doing those things, because I've definitely gaslit people before, like, but without being aware of it and just told Mm. someone they were sensitive when they were really upset or, you know, told someone to stop being so dramatic, all that kind of stuff when they've told me how they felt. But I didn't realize that I was like doing something wrong and making someone feel so shit. So I think the next thing I want to talk about is the importance of checking yourself and checking your own toxic traits. Yes, because this is something I failed to do for quite a while. Yeah. And I realised that literally made me a bit of a dick. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when it was, I'd say maybe 2020, maybe even later than that, I'd say towards the end of 2020, I me and a friend like kind of made a pact in our friendship to call out each other's toxic traits or you know and and receive that information if someone was showing a toxic trait or the other person was kind of being a bit iffy or a bit toxic we'd call it out and the other person would have to receive it with grace and would have to check themselves to make sure they weren't displaying a toxic trait And that worked for a long time, like, you know, just being very, just listening to your friends when they tell you that you're upsetting them and all that kind of stuff. But not a lot of people do that. Or are like able to, you know. It should become normalised. Yeah, definitely. But you can't go up to every single, I definitely couldn't go up to some of the friends I have and say, what you just did like you basically just gaslit me like into thinking that I didn't know what I was talking about they would not receive that information well so it's like it's hard maybe you just maybe I don't know I don't think that's healthy really I think it's I think if you're actively continuing your friendships with people that you can't communicate well with that's not good that's my point I, and I agree, but I think, you know, we have to remember that what we're talking about and the knowledge we have on these things is like a, a lot more, I don't want to sound like a dick, but like a lot more than a lot of people our age almost know about. Like these toxic traits can be so complex and like in some people be so in-depth and just kind of built into them that to take away the toxic trait you're kind of changing their whole entire personality and I think that's when you have to kind of take a step back and be like well is this person worth being friends with if their whole personality may have to change because they've realized a whole part of them was toxic and difficult to be around but yeah I definitely think communication is an important part of friendships but I also know that it's unrealistic to expect everyone to receive the information of them being toxic well like 
people get defensive it's just natural like it's human but it does make it more difficult and it is difficult to be around and be friends with someone who is like that yeah i totally agree and i've been there before and it's not nice no but yeah i try and check myself as often as i can (laughs) for toxic traits i guess but i think just knowing about them it's kind of difficult to let it slide without being aware of it like i wouldn't just go up to someone now and call them dramatic if they told me how they felt because i know what gaslighting is and i know that's like something toxic and that would make them feel like shit but yeah i don't think a lot i know a lot of people don't check themselves for toxic traits and that makes them really difficult to be around but again i think it's a generational thing too yeah i think that we've definitely brought it to light a lot more recently yeah and like you know i've heard people be like well you know i've been in a relationship and i'm like doing just fine and everything's fine but like it's not really if you delve into the depths of your relationship with someone like it there's probably a lot of problems that have just gone unaddressed and a lot of times where you've been sad or your partner's been sad and they've just let it slide because you didn't have that awareness or the education of what the toxic traits are so you just didn't really identify them and I think you know they're all like well this generation just has so many problems like they're all so sad and they're all like all that kind of stuff i just think but i think that if even if we didn't bring it to light everyone would still be sad i think that back in the old days people were still sad they just didn't fucking talk about it yeah and they were just a bit in denial like they were like well i have no reason to be sad i've got bread on the table and a roof over my head and a husband who's but no even if you do have bread on the table and a roof over your head and a husband that abuses you there's still something wrong (laughs) (laughs) it's okay to be unhappy and like have a need to figure out why you're unhappy for the last segment of this episode i wanted to talk about the importance of witnessing what healthy relationships look like and how that can make it easier or harder to spot toxic traits in other people so maya and i have quite different family lives yeah maya do you want are you comfortable with telling us what your family life looks like and why is so both of my parents are still together and they're both in employment right now and they're both very happy. Yeah, married, living their best life. Yeah. My mum and dad, so my mum and dad split up when I was seven and my dad currently lives abroad, so I don't see him as often as I see my mum, obviously. I think it's been a few years now since I've seen my dad and we've had definitely a rocky relationship and my mum and dad have had a very rocky relationship. So we've both had different experiences in seeing what healthy relationships look like. I personally, when my mum and dad together, that was not a healthy relationship and my mum only realised that coming out of the relationship. So having that kind of you know she would she talks to me about the toxic traits that my dad showed when they were in a relationship and sometimes it is just mind-blowing like how unaware you become when you're so like in love with someone how kind of love by blindness yeah how naive you become to how shitty they're treating you like my mum and dad met when they were 16 and they were engaged by the time they were 17. What? Sorry, yeah. say that again. <laughs> they were engaged at 17 and then 
they were together for a long time. I don't know how long, but I think they were married two years before they had me and they split up when I was seven. So a long time they were together. But I think personally, in the long run, having my mum experience those things and tell me about and kind of educate me on what is okay and what is not okay and how I should be, I should expect to be treated kind of helped me and made me more aware and able to identify way easier these toxic traits and like because my mum experienced it before I had to so I think I had a bit of an advantage but I mean you're quite aware and you've you have seen what a healthy relationship looks like yeah your whole I still have witnessed bad relationships in my life I don't think it completely shields me from it yeah definitely and I mean I've seen good relationships as well like there are other people in my family who are in really long relationships and you know they're healthy relationships and they're happy and that kind of stuff so I have seen it but I think having the closest person to me or the closest people to me my parents go through their divorce made it easier to kind of yeah I mean some people will some people's parents will go through toxic relationships and not break up like they'll be stuck in them and they'll have kids and then their kids will see an unhappy relationship but never see their parents come out of it they'll just stay in the relationship and I think that can make it harder to identify the toxic traits because their parents are displaying them but they're just staying together so it's such a a complex thing but yeah I mean I hope we've shone a light on it I guess and if you are in a toxic friendship right now or relationship get out of it (laughs) no I'm joking take everything at your own pace don't try to rush it forward yeah and I mean I know coming out of toxic relationships can sometimes actually be dangerous so it's all I mean at it's just about becoming aware of what is and isn't okay and you know if you feel like shit and you don't really know why it could be because you're being micromanaged yeah so (laughs) yeah hopefully we've hopefully we've enlightened you yeah and a quick announcement from us we're going to be taking a break from the show for about two weeks so we can improve ourselves we can improve the show and we can have a little bit of a holiday (laughs) totally but don't worry more episodes are coming two weeks stay on board following us (laughs) and there is lots more coming so don't you worry we're not shutting down or anything don't go anywhere but yeah hopefully you enjoy this episode make sure to five stars (laughs) follow us and press notification button subscribe like share subscribe like share and as usual share with your friends it's the best way to get it around totally All right, we'll see you guys in two weeks. See you guys. Bye.